And I know I gave you the story about wanting to become Knight Rider, and Knight Rider had a, a robot kind of car, but I still I have a fear of robots and robots. Terminator-like beasts taking, taking us over and using us for some sort of battery fuel. Um, but to help me with this phobia, our next guest is, she knows a lot more about AI and AI. Um, she has she's actually helped shape iconic global workforces and workplaces, including the US Air Force. Um, and then the whole time really, really researching this connection between AI and AI. Please welcome to the stage, Dr. Sydney Savion. Hello. Do I get a hug? Oh, oh okay. Come why on. Have, come why on. have you bought a, an iPad? Oh, because we're talking about robots. Um, this is a robot. Now you Isn't are? it? Yeah. Well, that's good. Okay. That's a, a really good point. I'm glad you bought a prop. Um, what is a futurist, by the way? Futurist. That's a good question. For me, it's using visioning to help inform future skills, knowledge, and technology to, for, uh, for continuous learning and to preserve operational readiness. That's the futures. Wow. For me. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's a lot to put on your business card. But, <laughs> but, but, talk about scientists. I, I, I am trained as a scientist, and it sounded like when you were talking to MG, that was an mm. issue. Yeah. <laughs> now, as, as, I was, as I was saying before... Uh, all right. Can you help me? Oh. A little bit. Yeah. Oh. As I was saying before, I have a phobia. Like, I'm a futurist in a way as well, and oh. I am, but I imagine a, an uh, apocalyptic future. I'm all about zombie games, zombie films, zombie movies. Um, and so I just imagine, like I have a bunker pretty much filled Ooh. with beans and flour. And, uh, so I imagine the worst. Um, and you said you were going to help me out, and so as part of this, you prepped me by making me watch a movie over the weekend, and watch how I've just got Exhibit A, um, so we can watch a little bit of this, but this does not make me feel better. One day the AIs are going to look back on us the same way we look at fossils. feel about you. Do you think about me when we are together? Did you give her sexuality as a diversion tactic? This is your insecurity talking. This is not your intellect. Fine. Did you know that I was brought here to test you? <laughs> Does Ava actually like you? Or is she pretending to like you? Okay, so a bit of light, a bit of light weekend <coughs> viewing. So, twenty fifteen's X Machina, and it really does not paint a good picture about the potential <laughs> of AI. Can you give us a little bit of justification as to why you put me through that? Oh well, first of all, as you probably know, I'm a neuroscience and behavioral science geek, so I thought this would get your neurons warmed up for this conversation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sure, sure. I went out and bought some more beans <laughs> to put into the bunker. <laughs> So, yes, here's the thing. I think we should get grounded in our perspective about AI and EI based on this film before we go and dive into this conversation. What do you think? Yeah, that's cool. I'll start. You're the neuroscientist, by the way, so you I'm a behavioral scientist, trained as a behavioral scientist. So, for me, EI is that intersection of cognition and emotion. 
It is the capacity for us to be self-aware of our own feelings and emotions and that and those of the other and use that to navigate a plethora of social uh, situations and conflicts. Why did you point at me when you said conflict? Oh, because, because. And then AI for me is uh, based on the claim that human intelligence can be so precisely described that we can actually use a machine to, we can create a machine to simulate it. Mm. That's my view of EI and AI. What's yours? What's your understanding? <laughs> oh, very similar lines, and I and <laughs> what you said. Um, yes. No, but I, I do think I think that's like people will talk about the potential of AI to cut out a lot of the emotional kind of baggage that's over there on the human side. That, as you say, it does give you this very precise. It can work things out. You can get rid of the ego. You can get rid of even a lot of the uh, cognitive bias and mm. uh, you know the, all of that kind of stuff that really kind of fucks us up as, oh as people. Oh my god! Um, so that that's one thing. But then I wonder also because I've been thinking about this before the, the interview, but I wonder also if like, there's this X factor of magic on the human side that we can't quite quantify, and even as we are going down this AI mm. track, whether we will truly be able to replicate that. That's an interesting question. Now, how many of you, by show of hands, actually saw X Machina? Not a lot of you, oh my goodness. Okay, well, might wanna give it a shot. I re-watched it again this weekend um, and also tortured Andre as well um, in that same experience. But here's the thing, in that film, not to give anything away, but at the, at the end of the day, if you recall, Ava, the humanoid, the AI, outwits both her creator slash captor, which was Nathan, that's giving everything away, by the way. Oh, That's I know, but, 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 but you have to watch. It's just everything in between that, that makes the story. And also her savior, which is Caleb, the guy who comes in and, and thinks he is in love with her. Um, but she outwits them both. And what we discover in this, even in this clip, is that um, Ava actually has very little emotional intelligence. Mm. Right? Why? Because she could care less about Caleb and she could care less about Nathan. She kind of, yeah. I won't give the other parts away, but nonetheless. Yeah. So if you think about it, um, in this particular instance, uh, this humanoid did not demonstrate emotional intelligence. And I think what I would say um, is can it be done? Probably some of your experts out there might have a different view. Um, I think in order to be effective, that the machine or the robot has to truly be able to read expressions and also adapt to emotions. That's what I would say. Yeah, I'm conscious that we don't want this to be like a whole interview about a film that most of the audience hasn't seen. But, there but are, they're going to ra race out of here and see that's it. That's true. I feel it. Um, but there are some really interesting kind of universal concepts out of that, and, sure. and you're talking um, you're talking about even facial expressions. And so one of the one of the kind of the key parts of uh, of the film was the the dude Nathan uh, was like a Mark Zuckerberg kind of entrepreneur and really had access to a whole lot of data, like his company Blue Book. Um, 
uh, was pretty much like the Google Facebook, and so it had everyone's data, and then he was feeding this in, into this AI. Yeah. Uh, so even though you're saying she doesn't have like this emotional intelli intelligence, the premise of the movie was that she was really tapped into humanity. Yes. So does that mean that we are all psychopaths? That we're just <laughs> like, really? Just <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know. By show of hands, do you guys think we're all psychopaths, narcissists? Okay, no one else. See, one person. One person in the whole room. Does anyone else have a bunker? <laughs> one person. In the, I, I do have to admit something. So you have a bunker. What I do have, since I served 21 years in the military, I have a case of MRE. Anybody, by show of hands, who served in the military, whether it's the Royal New Zealand military or otherwise? One, two people. Okay. Right. Meals ready to eat, MREs, and basically oh, right. you can keep those for 20 years and they'll still be can good to eat. Can I buy some for me? Yes. <laughs> yes, you, you can. You can. So I have my own little supply of rations in case the zombies come. Um, what was your question? Well, I want to do an This MC. time I remember my question, but I was really asking about the, the hope for humanity. I mean, in this case, you had AI really tapped into all of the nuances of facial expressions and what people were saying, mm. even the, you know, the tones and messages and that kind of thing. Uh, like, really, when you, when you boil it all down, are we just crazy? No, here's the thing. I think that um, if you think about it, humans have been making machines intelligent for, intelligent for decades. Um, and by the same token, we've also been used, humans have been using AI to enhance performance, whether that's through astronauts, pilots, the military, disaster preparedness. Um, and so we have been using it, I'm not going to say selfishly, selfishly, but we have been using it to enhance our performance, our skills, knowledge, results. Mm -hmm. And so it has made a difference. In fact, there are companies um, out there now that are well underway into affective community, com computing, AFF, not effective, but affective computing. And they're able to actually capture expressions, tone of voice, some um, body language, and using that information, data, basically, we go back to data, to help inform um, people's moods and also enhance their emotional intelligence in companies. So it's happening on some, uh, on some scale. Does it, feel, it's, it's, does it feel like it's like there's two sides of a coin, right? You've got AI and AI, and they, they can both potentially feed into each other as well. So as you're saying, maybe with even mental health, uh, there could be some AI assistance there as, to help us get through stuff. And then, and then obviously with AI feeding, um, feeding from the AI side, does it seem like this kind of symbiotic relationship? Yes, I do think um, there can be some symbiosis between, and has been, between AI and EI. Um, and I just think it's just a matter of, and I don't know if it was MG or someone up here who mentioned that, you know, there's, you know, it's a double-edged sword. You can use these things for good and for evil. Mm. Um, Ex Machina is an example of that. Yeah. What's your sense? What's your sense? I know I've kind of played the we're all fucked kind of <laughs> card. But what, is, what is your sense? Are you optimistic? I am optimistic. I believe that we can um, work together. We can Robots and humans can share the same cubicle, I guess is what I'd tell you. I mean, we're doing it now in, in, in different ways, whether that's using your iPad or using your 
Google Maps to travel here mm. or whether you're using your iPhone. I mean, think about it. I mean, pretty much wherever you take your iPhone, you know, all that data is being captured. Um, you know, how many times have you been sitting at home and, you know, you have a normal schedule and then your, your, your phone tells you, oh, well, it's, you know, X amount of time from here to your office or your car has been parked in this spot for X amount of hours or X amount of days. So, uh, you know, it's happening. It's mm. happening. Ready or not, it's happening. Yeah. The symbiosis between EI and AI. And even uh, that science pathway as well, as she was talking about, that can be like it can take on a mind of its own literally as we're talking about but you know do you think that's the case as well like you mentioned google maps which then part mm. created the pathway and the opportunity for us to order mcdonald's via uber eats you know <laughs> so it starts to it starts to generate do you do you feel that ai will take on that as well that one thing will help another thing and then, and then all of a sudden they're just creating themselves um i don't know about that i mean but here's the thing guys i think it's happening this notion that you know, technology is feeding on itself and learning from itself. Um, and it's only going to be, you know, some would say that the, the AI can only be as good as it's designed to be because we're creating it as human beings. Yeah. Um, but others would argue that, you know, it's feeding off of itself. Once we design it to do X, Y, Z, it will... Um, enhance itself um, mm. because it's smarter than we are. And I think, I mean, there's multiple camps on this, and I don't want to go down to this, go into this rabbit hole on this one, but... Oh, is it, is it an exciting rabbit ra hole? I don't, I don't know. It could be. <laughs> okay. It could be. All right. Now, when you're talking about, like, the creator concept, uh, and it's kind of this folly that we've played with, with a long... Like, you go back to the father of Titans and those stories. Uh, we tend to fuck it up, again, you know, when we, when we start playing God, and the movie was testament that, to that, yep. too. Nathan ended up getting, getting killed, uh, and then Ava went off and, and you know, killed a creator. <laughs> sorry. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah, guys. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> you just said I was giving it away. What's the I, deal? It's the, uh, it's the nuance. It's the details in between. Anyway. But what it's was, still worth watching, guys. I know we're effing <laughs> it up up here, but hey. But what was really interesting about that was that from her perspective, because you, you do have this empathetic uh, kind of connection with her as well from an audience to AI, but she kills her creator to go off and ha have a new plane of experience, which I thought was really interesting. I wasn't a fan of hers. Sorry. Really? No. She, she was selfish. She had no emotional intelligence. Mm. Oh, speaking of emotional, this is a this is a quick tangent. But speaking of emotional intelligence, like how does that work with the U.S. Air Force, for instance? Because you think you think when you're going off and you're you're invading countries, I mean, oh my bringing, God, bringing Do peace you have to, to countries. Really? Um, Did he just say that? <laughs> anyway, no, but when when you you have to have order, right? You have to. Everything has to be analytical. Mm -hmm. Everything has to be. Is there room for emotion? <laughs> okay, guys. First of all, let's do. We need. We need to do a correction. This is a. Um, we don't just run off and invade countries. No, I'm sorry. Just, that was. Just to make sure we're clear on that. Um, <laughs> no one takes me seriously. It's okay. I don't want anyone walking out of here thinking this is just kind of some kind of random action that we do. So. Here's the thing, in the U.S. military, and U.S. Air Force, I mean, it's an all-voluntary all force. So you have to use some level of emotional intelligence to, as a leader because you, you, you have to inspire people. So yes, 
people do need to take direction and follow your leadership, but also you have to inspire people to do that. And at the end of the day, I mean, we're still talking about human beings. So it does require a level of emotional intelligence, that balance between that in terms of readiness and lethality. So um, it's, it is important, even in the military. How long were you with the Air Force? 21 years, six months. To Did be you exact. notice... Did you notice a change? Because there's still maybe some uh, some perception of, you know, really gruff girl sergeants, that kind of Ooh. thing. But did you notice that there was some some evolution in terms of being open to more sensitivity and more... For myself? Just in general. Just in general? Um, I would say yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, here's the thing, guys. The, the social construct of the military, whether it's the Royal New Zealand military or the U.S. military or the U.K. military, um, you know, it's a different construct um, mm. that you operate in. And, yes, there is some level of evolution in terms of how, for me and the time I was in there, to, uh, in terms of emotional intelligence and being a good steward over every individual, um, but, you know, at the same time, you know, there's, there's, there's a specific purpose and mission that um, we have to carry out. Yeah. Look, I probably haven't kind of set up the foundation for No, this. you really dropped me into that without any kind of warning. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I haven't set up the foundation for this next question oh, as well because okay. I've been very, I've been oh. very flippant. Wow. Uh, I've been very flippant about everything. Okay. Um, but do... Like, do do sense whether it's with uh, whether it's with the military, with the with the U.S. Air Force, with even your time in corporate. Mm. Again, do you feel like there is hope for humanity that people <laughs> are starting to, um, you know, they are starting to be really conscious about the bigger picture and actually doing good for the community and and you know really mobilizing and connecting te- technology, AI to do some cool shit yeah um yes and i would say there is i think since i've been in new zealand and 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 been at air new zealand i have felt and observed that there seems to be um probably more empathy Mm. um probably a higher level of emotional intelligence that's at least observed um, and I think that's the nature of this culture. Um, and, you know, whether technology is helping that, I don't know. But I think certainly the culture is helping that. And um, I think it's important that that hopefully that trickles out beyond New Zealand and into other countries. Mm. Um, so, yes, I believe that there's an evolution towards being more empathetic um, enhancing emotional intelligence, hopefully using technology to bolster that. Um, so I don't feel like that um, it's going to be, you know, technology is going to make us all narcissists or mm. what was the other word you use? Uh, I've used a few crazy, psychopathic. Crazy, psychopathic. Nutbags. Yeah, nutbags. Yeah, I, I think I think there's going to be a balance and quite frankly, I think if you're narcissistic or a psychopath or a nutbag, that might be something more in the DNA. Psychopaths apparently make very good CEOs. I've okay. Heard. All right. All right. 
All right. And every for everyone's knowledge here, just so we're clear on something, like everything we know and the way we are, whether it's bias, unconscious bias, whatever, it's all learned. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, I'm gonna get a plug in here for unlearning and relearn. We can we can unlearn and relearn anything. Um, and introduce anything into that spectrum of learning, whether it's AI or EI or whatever. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up because I probably would have forgotten. But that you've you've spoken about that mm-hmm. the malleability of the brain mm-hmm. and the power to unlearn and relearn, mm-hmm. which is really which is really cool. So a lot of those things that you think are kind of set in place that are part of your DNA are just things that you can you can shake off and relearn. Does that not okay. shake off? Come on. Okay. You're being a little loosey-goosey with this one. <laughs> I'm sorry for being loosey-goosey. I must learn to be more precise. It's I will unlearn my loosey-goosiness. I'm sorry. Sure. I mean, there was a time when scientists thought that the brain was fixed, but we've learned through neuroscience findings that the brain is malleable, and mm. those neuro connections um, can be rewired and based on development, damage, dysfunction, uh, sensory stimulation. And um, so, yes, with high attention and intention, you can unlearn and relearn anything. It's so powerful when you think about the concept of that. Have Have you incorporated that in terms of your own personal evolution? Yeah, because when I first got here, I had to drive on the left hand side of the road. Um, rather than the right-hand side of the road. <laughs> and so I got... That. Can I just tell that story? Sorry. <laughs> well, before you get off on your tangent. Um, so when I first got here, talk about unlearning and relearning, um, I, my second week here, I had to go to an exec off-site in Waiheke. Um, my, my boss and my colleagues were all together. We went to this lovely rest, Italian restaurant. And after eating and drinking and all that great stuff, we're coming out of the restaurant and there's a big conversation about, well, who's going to drive? My boss turns to me and drops the keys in my hands. I said, whoa, 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 I just got here. I don't know how to drive on the left-hand side of the road. Plus, it's dark. You guys have cliffs here. I said, no, no, uh-uh. And so she's like, well, everyone's been drinking, but you, you don't drink. So I don't drink. And she turns to me and pauses. She said, Sydney, we trust you. I'm like, oh, my God. All I can think about, so first of all, everyone, there's like six, seven of us, eight, including myself. They all pile into my boss's Volvo. My boss gets into the boot. I'm up there like this. All I could think about is the New Zealand Herald headline saying, American plunges her boss and colleagues to their death over a cliff. Um, so in that moment, I had to engage attention and high intention to ensure that I got everyone safely to our lodging, but it was one of those moments where I had to quickly figure that one out. I had to unlearn and relearn fairly quickly. So it can happen, Andre. So that's my personal experience, two weeks here in New Zealand. Brilliant. Oh, can I talk? Oh, sure. Okay. Very well. Um, We've probably got time for one more question. Okay. Um, But before we get to that, I just want to apologise on behalf of the New Zealand public, the government and everything about (laughs) what I said about the the US Air Force. I did not mean that. Um, Speaking of 
okay. you know, speaking of this kind of the randomness of okay. humans and humans that kind of just go with the fly and then, you know, are all over the place, a bit loosey-goosey, airy-fairy. <laughs> um, but there is that, there's that kind of magic, you know, there is that magic and that, that stuff that's hard to, hard to explain. Is it possible, do you think, will we learn to, to bottle some of that for the AI side of the coin? Magic, what kind of magic? You mean human magic? I guess emotional? it's human magic. I guess maybe it's a way of, maybe it's a combination of everything and, ma and maybe it's a loosey-goosey way of describing the stuff <laughs> that I'm having trouble describing. But that kind of, you know, like that, that bit. Undefinable quality yeah. that humans have. Yeah, like, yeah. The, like that, that consciousness, like going out and seeing a sunrise and, you know, marveling at the, at the light rays coming through the leaves and just the stuff that it is to be human. I don't know how to explain it. You I don't know, know I how mean. to explain it either. And you know what? I, I really don't have the answer. Does anyone have the answer out there? I think humans are so, every, each human is so unique. And not to get off on a tangent, but if you think about the COVID-19 pandemic, what scientists have learned is that that virus behaves differently in every country. Every country is different. That's why you have these different variants now that are, you know, can accelerate the infection quicker than the original variant and everything. So just like that, not calling humans a virus, but every individual is so unique. And I'm not so sure that we will be able to program a single humanoid to capture like every different variation of human being in this room, in this world. Um, it will be fascinating. I'm not so sure if I'll be around to see it, but it, it would be fascinating to kind of look down from hopefully heaven and see mm. what's happening with the world. Brilliant. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Appreciate it. <clears throat> you didn't need your iPad either. <laughs>